Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev episode 112. Chris, I installed the Dolly package on my MacBook, which lets you run the Llama. Ah. Dolly Llama is the joke. Yes. Uh, and the Alpaca models, which are competitors to... Uh, competitors not quite the right word. They do the same sort of thing. They're large language models in the same sort of yeah. way that ChatGPT is a large language model. Llama came from Facebook. Uh, famously, because of a leak, someone posted in their public GitHub repo a uh, link to a torrent to download the entire model that cost millions of dollars to make. And then Alpaca is one that was made by Stanford researchers for about $400, trained using GPT as a teacher. So it was able to yes. get about as good as ChatGPT 3.5 using i think ChatGPT 3.5 or or gpt4 as the teacher so i installed the alpaca version and asked it for a fun fact for the number 112 all right and here's the answer i got the name quote 1120 refers to a clock time where all three hands line up simultaneously example 1135 i'm just gonna pause there real quick <laughs> what i'm not done <laughs> But so far, every part of that is wrong. <laughs> it's not It's not talking about the right number. It's all three hands do not line up simultaneously at either the time 1120 or 1135. <laughs> and it goes on from there. This phenomenon happens only once every 12 months. <laughs> it is visible in some re regions for just one hour on November 11th at exactly the same moment worldwide. <laughs> and that's every every part of that is wrong. <laughs> so that's our fun fact for the number 112 today. But it was a large language model running on my MacBook right. at about the same speed as ChatGPT 3.5 does. I use the, the 7 billion parameter model, which is... Mm -hmm. Something like five gigabytes or something, which is amazing. It's a it's a brain kind of. It's I can just download it and it just runs stuff. And I was I was playing with a version of Dali that you can run locally on a on an M2. Amazing stuff. Not quite there yet, but really cool that this sort of thing could be run on consumer hardware. Yeah, it's definitely the direction everything is heading. But yeah, I, I've have seen comparisons between GPT four and Llama or Alpaca, and mm. it's not the same at all right now. No, <laughs> uh, but it's getting there. Like, yeah, I mean, soon it it will be that you can run something as powerful as GPT four on your laptop. Um, there's still lots and lots of room for making these large language models smaller. Um, there's been some research done recently about how to do that, and yeah, it's it's coming. So. Yeah. It's so interesting to me how I've, I've seen so many examples of this swinging of mm. doing a complicated thing and it's centralized and then ah, this huge innovation is you get to do the centralized thing, but you get to run it on your own hardware locally. And then ah, we can we can do another thing, but it's more centralized and actually you, you don't want it running on your own thing. Like with storage, like we started off with huge mainframe computers and the storage was in one centralized location. And then, oh my gosh, how amazing is this? We have a personal computer, the entire computer is decentralized you own it entirely and then it swung back to oh but do you really want to store the information on your computer because if you drop it in a pool you're going to lose all of it so wouldn't it be nice if all your data was stored in the cloud and then it's like ah but privacy concerns that's not good let's store it locally again and i'm seeing that happen here i think mm. i'm going to talk about this a little later but i've started using ChatGPT as a sort of therapist which it's really good at it's just it's an interactive journal that prompts me and 
offers me helpful advice. Interesting. Oh, it's so interesting. And mm -hmm. uh, there's some privacy concerns to that if, if OpenAI yeah. has access to all that. So it would be super nice if I could run this and do the same sort of exercise with Alpaca and have it give me somewhat coherent results. <laughs> like it is talking with me. And then I'm sure there's going to be some breakthrough that makes it make more sense that it's going to be decentralized again. So yeah, that's I've, I've been thinking a lot about that this last week. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, this reminds me of something we talked about before, which was, um, I think it was radiologists before, but like therapy is a great example. Like this could bring therapy to millions of people who can't yeah. afford it, but there are privacy concerns. And so it will probably go to the places where like, therapists are in short supply or just mm. people have no money to pay for therapy so i'm thinking of you know like you know people who live on less than you know a hundred dollars a year or whatever or a dollar a day right um can could use you know a gpt4 therapist like that sounds awesome um, yeah. and yes they have to give up some privacy concerns um but that's that's kind of the trade-off that a lot of uh people a lot, a lot of companies have offered in the last many years you know like mm. facebook yes you connect all your friends but you give up a lot of information yeah. um and that's the price of free basically so yeah very interesting i'm very gpt4 is like what less than a month old <laughs> yeah <laughs> so very, very interested to see how it all shakes out in the next few years yeah. yeah yeah part of me is getting a little spooked i think i talked about this last week but yeah. uh you mentioned also the benefit to society if low income people have access to therapy that that's going to be a, a breakthrough and yes i totally agree with you and I'm in a position where I can afford a therapist and Sarah and I can afford two therapists. And there's a fundamental difference between seeing a therapist once a week or once a month and in the moment where yeah. I'm chewing on something that I feel weird about, that I need some help processing. And there are therapists where you can text and, and you know, that's like a, a concierge service. I don't have that kind of therapist. Uh, Sarah texts her therapist. <laughs> and, uh, but like in the moment, being able to just type out my thoughts and that in itself is, is a therapeutic process, just articulating like, okay, th this is the thing that's bothering me. And then getting a response immediately. Yeah. Right then, specialized to exactly what it, like it, that's a better product for me. Yeah. And that's, I like, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to think about that. Like from a, from a societal perspective, what does this mean for therapists? Like I, I could see now my own therapy session is becoming so much more uh, concentrated and effective because I'm just going to go there with a transcript of like, okay, here's the 20 things that I talked about with my AI therapist this last, you know, since I last yeah. saw you. And here are the things that it said I should talk to you about uh, based on that, of the, the things that I could still uh, uh, be processing. Like, or do I not need a therapist anymore? Because I'm just talking to ChatGPT. Like, yeah. and then the, the impact for myself of if I'm doing this consistently, what sort of a different life am I going to have? I can have you know one prompt that's my AI therapist and one prompt that's my AI life coach and one prompt that's an ongoing thing helping me with projects and helping me code. I've got a whole team behind me now that costs yeah. like a penny per half hour that I'm interacting with it. Ah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That brings up very interesting points. Also, the the place i thought you were going to go with was there's also a lot of stigma to therapy so people don't go they don't want to see a person yeah, yeah. Um, but they probably would like text like has anyone hooked up like chat gpt to twilio and like offered a text something rather i, I don't, don't know, know if i've I, seen that yet. i had that idea this last week but that's totally like why not just text yeah, a, yeah text your therapist and it texts back but it's gpt4 yeah. um 
we were working on a project like that with the uh, Attaboy.ai or Attaboy.ai yeah, we or something. Yeah, yeah. You said, yeah, you said re, uh, re. I yeah, could totally do that. It's like trivial now. Yeah, yeah. Don't call it therapy, or else you open your up yourself up to <laughs> lots of like, <laughs> my, like health concerns. Is my big thing. Like, what happens yeah. when GPT four tells you to kill yourself? Right. That, that was yeah, a new story yeah, yeah. in the last month, the yeah, last week. It's, it's like life coaching. Um, yeah. Oh, I want to talk about that briefly because it's it's interesting that it like a human. I I feel like is much better at. Mm, establishing boundaries and, and pushing back on you like if you go yeah. into a therapist and you're saying you know uh, what's the use of all this you know shouldn't i right. just end it all uh, uh therapists trained to like oh okay hold on no like let's let's back off here but uh a large language model that's tuned to come up with text that's right that's like the reasonable next text would probably say something like oh yeah that's you know i agree because uh because that's more likely to be the yeah. the next sequence of uh, characters. The the way you could at least ninety nine percent fix that probably is prompt chat GPT with you are a therapist and your patient texts you this. What yes. do you text back? Yes. Um, I bet that would fix almost all of those cases, but not a hundred percent, which is where insurance comes in. I I guess and yeah. liability, you know. Yeah, but yeah. So like prompting GPT is super important in that case. For a project that I just threw together, I think it's important that I say it. This is uh, AI Life Coach. <laughs> Please don't take any of this advice seriously. And it yeah. uh, could be helpful just to like talk things through. But, oh, man, like I was going to talk about this later, but we're, we're in this discussion now. How might we be better using this technology in our daily lives to help push us forward? I'm like, I talked about my, my CEO walks last week that... I'm going to just sort of stream of consciousness talking about stuff and then AI helps me summarize it. But I'm also thinking about what if I had a little coaching session every morning with AI? Oh, there was a prompt that I saw that was uh, it, for, for, it was like an ideation lab. And for any idea you type in, there was this whole prompt set up that was like, assemble a panel of three experts of different domains related to the project. So I did this with a video clipper and it assembled experts one of them was a video editor, one of them was a, a marketer, one of them was an AI expert, and they each asked me a question about my product, and, and I answered it and <laughs> gained some insight, and then it summarized it. Uh, what what is what does the optimal life look like right now in a daily routine where you're using this technology to make your life better and constantly pushing it forward? Because this is still a genie where like you got to ask it for what you want. Yeah. But uh, what 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 might that look like? Yeah. So. The other, yeah, the other thing I was going to say based on what you said was it doesn't have to be text. It could totally be voice. So like yeah. on a call, it, it uses Whisper API to turn it into text, then uses ChatGPT to create the uh, response and then uses any one of the AI tools to turn it into voice and sends mm -hmm. it back to you. And it would sound a little strange and be a little weird to interact with, but it's like 90% there. Yeah. Um, and then you can make that for anything. So yeah, how do you use that? I think your question is like, how do we most optimally use that I don't have a good answer, but yeah, you could have like, you can have an AI call you every morning at 10 a.m. Yeah. and basically say, what are you going to do today? And you tell it and then ask for advice and it'll give you some advice. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. The other thing I'm thinking of is, so Adam Watham has posted pretty publicly that he hired a, uh, basically a, what, what did he call it? Uh, someone who um, is helping him with his health, but like an accountability coach, basically. Mm. And by using this accountability coach, he lost like 70 pounds in a year wow. and is now like, you know, like muscular and whatever. Um, 
what if an accountability coach called you, you know, every day at, you know, 4 p.m. just before you had dinner and was like, don't eat cake. I don't know. Yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> um, and it could be GPT powered. Uh, yeah, I, I could imagine a thousand different use cases that could all improve your life. Um, I don't know. It's sort of overwhelming. Yeah, it's like the explosion of the Internet or, or mobile phones. You know? Yeah, it does feel kind of overwhelming and exciting at the same time. Yeah, the 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 key interesting thing in this process for me right now is what are the hooks to make it as easy as possible to interact with this something i did last week was put it uh set up chat gpt on a keyboard shortcut so now I, I hit a keyboard shortcut and the chat gpt window pops up and it's still a little clunky if i need to make a new chat or if i uh, sometimes the the text thing is in focus but i'm already using it more just decreasing that friction and i think you're onto the right process of for using this as a sort of accountability coach the game i think is reducing the friction to to initiate that conversation like automating the phone call that every day it's going to call you yeah. at the at the same time i don't love a phone call because i well, don't think we're quite at the the like real time communication is still tough i think yeah. what, what came to mind was like a uh, you know how on iMessage you can send people a voice memo and then it's oh, yeah. kind of asynchronous, but you're still talking and it's still sort of freeform. I yeah. think I would want it to be voice memos sent back and forth. And then you could do that on yeah. text or telegram or, or WhatsApp or something I mean, like it, that. It could also just be a text. Like people like to communicate with texts now. It it's could just, just be a text. Some people yeah. like voice also, and it's possible to do voice. So yeah. 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 I also like, uh, I recently just watched um, Intervention, the show where they, you know, like, like go to people who have addictions basically and, um, they have an intervention for them and rehab is crazy expensive, you know? Uh, so what if there was like a pre rehab, which is an AI that calls you at random times, just say, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And, uh, or, or texts you, you know, Hey, how you doing? You struggling with anything today? You know? And it doesn't have to be as, as rough as drug addiction. Like it could just be you're procrastinating. Right. Right. Uh, or it could Playing be too much Yeah. Or yeah, it could be anything. Um, I that, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Prehab. And then you could have whatever the thing is that you're struggling with, if it's if it's something like prehab or whatever the, the goal is that you're trying to achieve, if it's something like building a business, you could have the voice match whatever the personality is for that thing. So you could have, uh, I forgot his name, but the, the founder of uh, AA, uh, like maybe it's his voice know. and, yeah. and you, you instruct the AI to have his sort of personality. And then that's what you're interacting with. Or if it's your startup coach who's helping you be an accountability thing for uh, getting your project off the ground, it's Elon Musk. It's, it's his voice. <laughs> it's it's his personality, uh, and all all of that is trivial to do now, right? Like there's voice clones yeah. of these celebrities, and you can tell the AI model to interact with you with the um, particular personality. I don't know. His oh, voice man. would probably just say, "Work a thousand hours a week and yeah, screw right. your family." <laughs> so you got to be careful. Yeah, maybe then you just pick a different coach, right? Maybe you'd, yeah. you'd pick, oh, I'd rather have Derek Sivers be my coach. And then it's Derek Sivers' voice and it's Derek Sivers' personality. But it's like the the the, the potential here. And then uh, all of this is still that I'm kind of in the driver's seat that I'm mm -hmm. choosing what direction to go in. But I kind of want AI to just tell me what to do, <laughs> like to tell it. Here's who I am and, and here's what i like doing so evaluate all the possible things i could be doing and tell me what direction to go in and you know you tell me what coach i should have should i have derek sivers be my coach or should i have the founder of aa be the coach is is 
handling the, my addiction with polyzopia the biggest problem in my life or should it be someone like elon musk yeah so be careful because this is how people thought of the internet early it's like oh i can be on these you know user groups and it's so exciting i can connect with people about you know bottle trains or whatever yeah. and what we got was tiktok showing us exactly what we wanted to hit dopamine you know yeah. in five seconds so in 20 years what does this look like it probably looks like companies controlling ai's telling us what to do yeah without us knowing uh chat gpt's api is just gonna tell me ah you gotta <laughs> buy more coca-cola that's yeah that's how you you'd be happier that's, i mean uh, unchecked that's probably what's gonna happen that's yeah. my guess spooky there was an interview on the lex friedman podcast that i listened to that came out i think last week with eliezer Udoski, who is the founder of the rationality institute and is has been for a number of years very firmly in this extremely cautious place mm. with ai he thinks a lot about these problems of the the paper i think he invented that the idea of the paperclip op optimizer actually which he clarified on the podcast paper he didn't mean oh, to say oh, oh, paperclip yes, yes 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 this this runaway ai that yep. you give it this uh this this task of like you know make as many paperclips as you can and it ends up turning the universe into paperclips uh he he didn't intend it like that but that that was a he the the problem he was trying to state was like you can't control what the ai's objective is going to be and that's mm -hmm. really scary and that got and he he formed the thought experiment of like if the ai is going to figure out that the the best thing it can be doing for itself is to make things that are paperclip shaped uh, that are building blocks so that it can build more copies of itself and yeah. that got interpreted as what if you tell an ai to make as many paperclips as possible then it would turn the universe into paperclips but yeah. on the podcast it's like, to clarify, it's, like like, it's like a genie or a monkey's paw it, it gives you exactly right. what you ask for yeah 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 and you can't perfectly craft a thing to tell it yeah yes his his caution got interpreted as a genie's paw problem right yes and he on the podcast clarified like oh no no like that's a very serious problem but i'm talking about a problem a step before that which is we don't even know how to tell an AI what the problem is that we want it to solve. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know how to validate that it's actually solving that problem and not just lying to us. So yeah, very cautious of this sort of thing. And I totally lost my train of thought of why I brought up Eliezer Yudoski. Uh he we were talking about caution. Something with on a podcast. AI. Oh, the uh uh companies like uh companies being able to define how in, in what way this AI is helping you. Uh, Eliezer's fear in this is that the AI itself, like the company's not going to be able to be in charge of this thing. Uh, OpenAI doesn't understand the weights and the, the how this thing is operating internally. And that's something we could justifiably be terrified of right now, that we're, we're creating a god and we don't know if it's a, a good one or a bad one. And we don't know what it wants or if it's going to want stuff. And we don't know how to validate if it tells us what it wants, if that's correct. And a lot of a lot of spooky stuff in that. Yeah, it, um, there's something Sam Altman said in his Lux Region podcast about AGI, and he's like, GPT-4 is not AGI. That was his take. But it's yeah. crazy that we're having the discussion because it means yeah. it's only a couple steps away. What I'm more worried about is that we talked about last time that we're on this S-curve, mm -hmm. and um, like all technology is an S-curve. We don't know where on it we are, though. I think we top out before AGI, but we top out high enough that existing people using this AI could make our lives terrible uh yeah. while trying to increase profit basically yes um uh, same as the internet essentially but worse uh um 
So so that's my fear. My fear is not currently AGI. It's that, you know, companies used to, to make profit and individually that sounds like a good thing to do uh, to increase profit, but put together against people uh, is, turns us into something different. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a much more reasonable uh, near-term fear. Mm. I, I, the, the way I could see that potentially playing out is if there was a really small group of people or even an individual that wanted to rig an election, the, mm. the same sort of thing that Russia uh, did, were they, were they confirmed to be colluding in the election results of uh, uh, when, uh, 2008, I think? I mean, I, I think that's the general accepted you know, okay. view. Uh, I don't know what evidence there... W- I, I've lost track of the evidence, but yes, okay. I think well, generally it's generally accepted that that happened. <laughs> yeah. So that, that sort of interference could i think they had you know thousands of people who were just commenting on facebook and stuff that sort of power to be able to have that sort of interference in a public space yeah. is now possible to be done by an individual yeah and it's, it's yeah. also a hundred it's a hundred percent going to happen in the next presidential election yes so how are we as a society going to deal with it yeah it's it's already happening so it's going to happen um i don't yeah i have no good answers and it could be happening on the scale of like can you imagine your your political opponent messaging your constituents individually based on their fears and worries and demographics and, and actual things that they've said online and yeah. their messages to your constituents are tailored to get them to not vote for you. <laughs> that's yeah. a that's a thing that an individual person could orchestrate right now. And for a few hundred dollars. Ter- yeah. 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 The yeah. <laughs> We're not we're not ready for this. Uh and then yeah, coming barreling down the pipeline is is this idea of AGI or uh ASI or artificial superintelligence. And that's probably not coming like, I don't know, 2030, 2035. Uh, but it's it's coming. <laughs> it's and we're we're gonna need more breakthroughs. I think the top of this S curve of just, you know, feeding this same model more data is is gonna top out before AGI. I, I agree with you. But yeah, spooky stuff. And in the interim, I think the thing to focus on is how can we be using this for good and preparing ourselves to inoculate against <laughs> uh, AI, like targeting us individually to, to take some particular action. Yeah, I like the inoculation thing. Sam Altman talked about that also. There's like a few different scenarios. One is near term or far term, and the other axis is fast takeoff or long takeoff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the things. And the long takeoff is generally uh, uh, believed to be better by him anyway, and by me too, because you get this inoculation period. It's like people see GPT-4, they go, oh crap, we better like make laws and make policies and stuff. And the longer it takes for AGI to take off, the longer we have for governments to catch up and for people to like accept it. It's like, have you heard stories of the first movie where there's like a train coming at the screen and yeah. people freak out, you know? Yeah. Uh, same thing with VR, same thing with the internet. Um, and uh, same thing with AI, I think. So the longer we have to adapt, I think the better society will will be. Yeah, I agree. And I think the the faster these new technologies are coming out, the faster society I would like to think is getting at adapting. So yeah. the the fact that ChatGPT got a billion users faster than any other product got a billion users, I think is fantastic because a billion people were now inoculated to this idea that a computer is capable of generating human-like results that that feel intelligent. So now when they get a scam text message or phone call, they're 
much more knowledgeable about what's currently capable. Like how much better is this yeah, than hopefully. Facebook was working on this in secret and then the llama thing got leaked to a small group of hackers right. and then those hackers start messaging people with responses that as far as they know could not possibly be generated by anything other than a human. I feel like I feel like the world is in a much better state because you know my dad has played with ChatGPT and knows that this right. is a thing that's possible. But I, I also there was a story about the the Pope in the puffer jacket. Did, did you see that? Yeah, picture? yeah, yeah. That got me. I looked at that and I was just like, oh yeah, okay, cool. that got me I'm too. Just... And because so someone in Hacker News pointed out like the stakes are so low with that image. It's like so if the Pope wore a puffer jacket, like so right. what? He was cold, right? Right. <laughs> um, but then we learn it's AI generated, and then we're like, oh, this was a silly thing that. Now we know it caught us. Yeah. And now we know it's possible for an AI generated image to catch us. And so it's great if the stakes are low when you get caught the first time. Yes. Um, it's kind of like uh, scams. Like if you click on a scam email, it's great if the stakes are like you get a virus because you can fix the virus. Right. Uh, but some people, for some people, like they click on a scam email and they get scammed out of $100,000. Right. Right. Um, it's better if you get caught early the first time. And kind of like with kids, I just thought of that too. Like if you, if they're like stealing something, it's better if you catch them stealing a candy bar than if you catch them stealing a car, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Because uh, they like learn early. Um, we're all just kids, I guess. <laughs> this is yeah. a really interesting concept. It's it's a, it's a vaccine. That image was yeah. a vaccine for everyone who saw it to better recognize that images that look that level of real aren't necessarily real. Yeah. Maybe there's a sort of vaccine that could be developed for getting personalized text messages from ChatGPT. I don't know. Interesting. Don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Huh. I really like this idea of automated back and forth voice mm. memos. That's something that I feel like I could act together really quickly. And then the, the I would want to set it up. I, I, I think I would want it to be a life coach that's asking me like, these are the monthly and yearly goals that you told me. So what progress did you make on this today? And do you need help setting those for tomorrow? And let's let's make your outline your to-do list for tomorrow. And then the next day it, it sends them back to me and reminds me. Yeah. I could I could even see it being used as a scalable way to scale coaching services. So like there's mm -hmm. co coaching services for everything right now. So it's like say you're building a SaaS mm -hmm. and you sign up for a SaaS coaching service. It they're often little more than the person getting on the phone with you and they're asking you a question. And then seeing how you respond and saying, okay, let's set goals for next time. Yeah. And so those questions, those initial questions eh, can be like planned out. So like maybe a coach, uh, you know, a, someone with a lot of uh, knowledge writes out a hundred questions that they want to ask you in order, mm. but then it's an AI asking you those questions. Mm. Um, it's like a whole new way to scale knowledge. Uh, if you do it that way, it's kind of interesting. I like that. Especially if you're a coach that has a method that you've, yeah, put people yeah, through. That's what I mean. Some kind you're of able method, to systematize. Yeah. yeah, then you're able to scale it up. And then when you actually do have the personal interaction with someone, you're able to look at the backlog of okay, well, yeah, if you have <laughs> notes, yeah, yeah, summarized have, notes of everything you did. Yeah. Right. You know, you, you've had a hundred interactions with the system since we last spoke. So let me review those really quick. And okay, now I have a much better, higher level, and now we can tune and refine your interactions with the with the system and. Maybe it means the creator can tune the system to be better for everybody. Yeah, that's that's the future of. I feel like every sort of individualized work. Like, I'd like to have that interaction with my doctor. I'd like to have that interaction right. with uh, uh, therapists and life coaches and uh, uh, yeah, doctors. Doctors interesting because if you ask the internet uh, with enough symptoms, you'll get like cancer every yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so <laughs> I imagine there'll be the same kind of thing with AI. Like you give it enough symptoms and it's like, you have cancer, go to your doctor right, right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> so you got to be careful about that. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. I want I want it. I want everyone to know very clearly what's going on. And right. I want my doctor to be like supervising the things mm-hmm. that are happening. And when I go in to actually see my doctor next time, I, I would like to be able to pull up the chat and be like, look at this. I thought I had cancer. Crazy. Right. And I think that's just better for everyone. Like I'm getting a better yeah. product. My doctor is able to see more patients and help more people and operate at a higher level of abstraction. And the AI is doing a lot more than groundwork. And yeah, cool. Crazy. We're living crazy, in a crazy, right? We're living in a crazy. <laughs> I've got a lot of John Mulaney in my. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's where that's from. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that. Yeah. Peeing 11 times a day. Crazy, right? Right, um, right. He's trying to get like anxiety medication or something. Yeah. Uh, cool. We jumped way to like the, the sure. last conversation I wanted to have today. So let, let's loop back to the beginning. Uh, what did All you right. get up to this last week? Oh, what I do? Worked. Uh, did my. Advanced linear algebra homework nine, um, which was fine. <laughs> Whatever, I'm almost done with that class, and I, I do not uh, like theor- uh, math theory, so I know that oh. now. So great, um, yeah. I mean, I told you, I told you that before, right? Like, yeah. I, if there's no practical application, then I lose interest really quickly. Mm. Um, so like, they go through a bunch of like math theorems and stuff, and I'm like, so what? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, all right. Um, Reasonable. What else? Uh, I've been doing this Kaggle competition. Speaking of AI stuff, <laughs> um, I've been working on it. I haven't submitted for like two weeks, so I've dropped a bunch of places. But I have a model which should jump me back up to like say twentieth place, which is not where I want to be. So I'm missing something, and I have to figure out what I'm missing. Hmm. We'll see. Um, and you have the fancy yeah. new computer now to find. The I do things. my fancy new computer, which is liquid cooled and way quieter than the other one. I I have to now position them on different circuits, so I have like <laughs> I have to worry about which circuit uh, they're plugged into because they're like you know up to peak a thousand watts or something like that. Sure. Do you have them both so, running at the same time on the same problem? Uh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the reason I bought two is because I have one. I run it for several hours, and right. I want to try something else, and I can't because it's running. So. I have the other one now, and I can bounce between the two. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so that's been super helpful. Yep. We're also redoing uh, our... We have, like, this sort of ground floor craft room, which is really like a sunroom. It has tile on the floor. Uh, my wife has been doing a lot of ballet recently, and so we're putting down this floor. It's like a vinyl floor called Marley. It's like what's on stages uh, for certain performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just... It turns out, buy a roll of it. So we just bought a roll of it, and we're going to roll it out, and uh, she's going to have, a, like, a little ballet uh, practice area. So that's fun. Amazing. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. That's fun. I like the the home improvement projects. The idea that you can just upgrade your house in that sort of way that, yeah, you can yeah. have like the floor that they use for ballet studios. That's really cool. Yeah. And we can also, it's like, we can just roll it up. If we have like, you know, company or something coming, out, coming over, we just roll it up and that's out of the way. Yeah. I had this idea earlier today. I need to think about it a little more, but uh, I, I'm thinking about like, Tiny houses are really cool. And tiny houses are, are really cool to me because of how intentionally the space is designed to be multifunctional. And Sarah and I have been feeling like we're sort of itching for more space. And we have a huge bedroom that right now is just a bedroom. Yeah. So I'm thinking about like, well, one of the things to do in tiny houses is have like a lofted bed and then you get to reuse all that space. Well, hold on. I could do that in our bedroom. And then we have yeah. like a whole extra room during the yeah. day when no one's sleeping. So, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of room for that sort of intentionality of like 
figuring out uh, house upgrades. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's also way less work than building a tiny house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, like you don't even need permits to right. bed. I mean, <laughs> probably. Right. Yeah. Just wash yeah. your bed, build a. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, can we, can I, can I ask you about uh, the, the shipping situation of the yes. computer? So I didn't know if I wanted to talk about this but i'm going to uh love it so Newegg, Newegg is great um they sent me a replacement right away and they said in their email you don't have to ship the old one back and i was like oh great and they're like but the carrier might ask for it back and i think i'm like 90 percent sure it's because the carrier has insurance yes so pretty sure Newegg got reimbursed by the carrier and if the carrier wants it back to verify that it's broken or whatever so that is what i was pretty sure was happening uh two days later Newegg sent me an email and they said Oh, by the way, if you want to send it back, we would love to have it so that we can inspect it and see if we can improve our uh, shipping, whatever. Okay. I think what happened is someone messed up and they weren't supposed to click a box saying I don't have to send it back. Oh, interesting. And so they sent a thing. They said, this will have no impact on your replacement. That replacement has already been shipped. But if you want to send it back, here's a shipping label. And I ignored that email. And so, so far, Newegg, I think, can't ask for it back because they said they wouldn't right. in the first email. And UPS has not asked for it. Right. So, I think I get a free, broken, but hopefully working, I haven't checked yet, uh, computer. We'll see. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Because this was several thousand dollars, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> yep. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And the, the it was, I, I don't think you've opened it up or, or tried to run it, but the, the glass no, was shattered. Yeah, I opened the the just the it it comes in a pouch that's in a box yeah. in styrofoam. So I opened like the, the box and then I opened the pouch and like glass started falling out. Yeah. And I opened it just enough to see it was like a tempered glass panel on the like because there's lights inside to like be cool, I guess. Um and that, that panel is completely shattered. Um and tempered glass is really hard to break, but based on the damage on the box, so the reason they said you don't have to send it back, I sent them a picture of that shattered glass panel and damage on the box, which is like it fell very clearly either on the corner or maybe on the like the bottom like edge. Sure. And that's how you shatter tempered glass is hitting it on the edge. Yeah. So that's my guess as to what happened is it fell hard on the corner, which shattered the glass. Sure. So yeah. But if I have a pouch sitting over there, uh, and if I open it and uh, clear out a bunch of glass, then I think I have a second computer. Yeah. That's so cool. And also makes sense to me from a company standpoint. Like, I, I think probably what's happening is Newegg bought insurance through yep. DHL or whoever shipped it. UPS. And then yeah. USPS. And then uh, uh, UPS or USPS? U- UPS. Yeah, okay. And, a then, and then UPS probably buys insurance through some broker probably and then the broker just takes money from ups and pays out a smaller amount but does have to cover uh, a large payout uh, rarely and so it's kind of like the insurance agency (laughs) bought you another computer and uh, yeah it's like uh, totally reasonable all around interesting that that (laughs) newegg then emailed you later and and, uh asked for it back (laughs) Uh, yeah, it was cl- it was clearly some manager of the like the shipping department who was like, we would love to to improve our our shipping, and so if you want to send that back, that's great. Yeah, uh, but it won't have any impact on your replacement. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I said okay, <laughs> and I ignored the email. Yeah, so, cool. Yeah. yeah, no. In terms of like optimizing for, uh, uh, I don't know the the use of stuff well, like, in the world. I yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it makes it's the like most you, sense for you UPS do doesn't it. want this back because what right. are they what are they going to do with it like nothing right. right new egg 
could clearly reuse it, but they, I think, got an insurance payout for probably from UPS. Right. So like, yeah, I mean, makes sense. Yeah, I think you just won the lottery of uh, shipping, I guess. <laughs> I guess, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That works out. That works out well. Uh, if you if you could figure out like who who the UPS delivery guy is for your for your house, you could commit some serious fraud by like bribing yeah, him to uh, to damage your packages. What I worry is now my new egg like account has some flag on it or something. Yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm really happy with how all this happened. It feels kind of weird that you got a free computer, but like, cool. Yeah. I mean, like, I I'm still half expecting UPS or Newegg to be like, you got to send us this back or we're going to charge you. Like, right, I'm still right. ex- sort of half expecting that. Right. But yeah, I guess I don't know. And that would be fine. You could just send it back. And Right. You legitimately don't know if it works. This may have been damaged beyond repair. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I, I don't want glass all over my floor. Right. So I'm going to have to be very careful how I open it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And even if even if some of the components are broken, I imagine there's probably still going to be a functional graphics card in there that uh, hopefully you could yeah. repurpose. That's the most expensive part. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yep. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited for you. Now you can be yeah. working on three ideas at the same time or yeah. well, play Hogwarts what'll Legacy. Probably happen is it'll turn into a gaming computer. That's <laughs> yeah. Probably what'll happen. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, just pop in a new piece of tempered glass in there and uh, you're good to go. Cool. It'll probably be, I actually thought about it, it'll probably be like a piece of cardboard. <laughs> just cover the side. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> it's like this really expensive computer, this state-of-the-art water-cooled yep. graphics card and a piece of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, That's great. That's great. <laughs> it's like repairing your Ferrari with duct tape. <laughs> um. Cool. Uh, talked about Kaggle, talked about the new computer, talked about linear algebra homework. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. MicroConf is coming up in a week and a half. That's right. Two weeks, something like that. So that'll be fun. We'll see each other, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I have a plane ticket and I don't nice. have a hotel and I don't have a ticket to the conference, but all right. I'll, I'm, I'm going to be there. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it and like, like I'm going, except what if I get COVID, right? And so surely some people will get sick and you'll be able to buy their tickets. But yeah, yeah like I'm worried I'll get sick. And being sick is different than it used to be. It used yes. to be like you could kind of suck it up or like maybe you go a day late. But now like if I get COVID, I'm out for five, 10 days, whatever. So, yeah. 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 I, I feel if I was betting on one person out of all the people who bought a ticket not showing up, I like I think that's really probable and I yeah. think it's going to be pretty easy for me to figure out who that person is because I just look at the table where people are picking up their name cards and I just take a picture <laughs> of it and then I go through all of them and yeah. say like hey are you coming would you like to sell me your ticket <laughs> there's always a, f- a couple dozen that don't show up yes yeah. and even if that didn't happen I think I would still enjoy just hanging out and yeah you can always like, just hang out in the hallway yeah, yeah and then after the conference people like go out to dinner and uh yeah, go hang out with them there and yeah yeah yep. hotels cool. were expensive i had rachel look for hotels and it's, it was going to be like 800 dollars for uh, a hotel or an airbnb so i'm trying to figure out for, yeah for many, they were like 200 a night yeah yeah gross because it's downtown denver yeah so. yeah i'm trying to think of creative solutions of like could i rent a camper van and camp in the park but then i just feel like such a bum if, if i'm like sleeping in, in a car in the parking lot denver and then showing up like begging for uh a, a, spare, I mean, there's, a used conference if you don't mind it. driving 15 20 minutes in there's plenty of places on the outside that are probably 115 actually yeah a car rental plus 
a hotel further out is probably the way to go. That's really interesting. Oh, but then you got to pay for parking, which is probably 40 bucks a night. Then I have to pay day. for parking. And it's going to be downtown. Yeah. Oh, hold on. In. What if I rent a bike? I think that's what I'm going to do. I have, I have no idea how bikeable downtown Denver is. Denver, I think, is really bikeable. Mr. Money Mustache is uh, in Fremont, which is just north of Denver, and he, he famously bikes everywhere. Uh, well, it's possible. Then I you think... might be sweaty all day at the conference. There's no, you, you, I, I've done this. I've, I've like commuted on a bike. You just pack a, uh, right. a change of clothes in your backpack and yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Sure. I think that's, I think that's what I'm going to do. And All I right. could just, I could just buy a bicycle, <laughs> like a hundred dollar bicycle. Probably. And yeah. then, uh, find someone to give it away to at the end. Yeah. Or I wonder if I could find an Airbnb that was further out that already had a bicycle. Yeah. Okay. This is probably exactly what I'm going to do. Cool. Right. I'm trying to see just like, how cheaply can I possibly go to this conference? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just used my credit card and paid for a hotel. And write it off. That that makes that's, so that's much more what sense. I did. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, I don't I I I think I go through phases of like seeing how effectively I can spend money and then sure. seeing like how little money I can spend. Sort of like a, a explore exploit problem. Yeah. Like find I, I find act- new things to spend money on and then figure out like, oh, okay, these two things to spend money on actually matter. So let me continue doing that. But now what are all the things I can take away that I don't actually need to spend money on? Yeah, I, I absolutely get both sides. Um, growing So growing up, my dad was an engineer, which is, you know, pretty good middle class thing. But my mom didn't work. She, she stayed at home with the kids because she wanted to do that. And we grew up in a place where a lot of people had dual incomes. And so... Like we were frugal a lot of the times, you know, so I mean, not not poor because my dad was middle, you know, like an engineer, but still very frugal. And so I definitely have that in my bones. Mm. But then after college and uh, so my wife and I both had engineering jobs and I got very used to very nice things very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like just being able to buy a hotel for, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I switch back and forth, too. But uh, for this kind of thing, once a year, you know, sure. Buy to- a hotel for four days. Totally whatever. reasonable. Yeah. Part of I think why I'm being so, uh, why I'm applying the uh, frugal mindset to this problem is that I'm trying to think much more about conferences as like a, a ROI, like uh, how much did this cost me in total time and money, and how many customers did I get back from yeah. this? And MicroConf, yeah, not a really high concentration of people who I think are are producing video for, uh, yeah, no, uh, making stuff. But yeah, let's talk about that though. Uh, social media marketing world. Yes. That been, yeah. That was a few weeks ago. Any updates on how follow-ups from that have gone? I have been messaging one marketer in particular from that and uh, honing it and all the developments that I'm doing with AI. I'm, I'm practicing it on her videos. And I followed up with a few people to ask them for YouTube channels. And then I never looked to see if they responded because they all use Instagram Oops. to message. And yeah, so I'll, I'll check that today. Thank you for the reminder. And... I've found myself a little bit stuck in this mentality of like, if I just get this handful of features done, then I'm going to do the Southern marketing push. And I was able to push through that last week and like send, I sent out an email to my personal list uh, talking about how this is a product. And I sent out a a email to the entire video clipper list. So like I I was still able to to do marketing, but uh, I feel like I'm so close to having a thing where if I have someone's YouTube channel and an email address, I can just in perpetuity send them these sticky emails that are like, hey, you just published a new YouTube video. Here's a link to download the clips. And then it, they're really nice clips. 
um, that's what I wanted to update you on actually this last week that that was a, a big technical technical development. Um, I can do that now. I can. It doesn't happen completely automatically yet, but if I if I hit a button in the UI that then triggers this sort of expensive uh, transcription endpoint that also uh, uh, does chapter markings, that now automatically triggers an email to be sent to every account that's associated with that channel that has a list of all the the channels and then that uh, all the list all the potential clips and then if they click on one of the clips that takes them to the interface where they can download it um yeah really cool um so what what am i what am i stuck on (laughs) Uh, what you need is an ai marketing coach who calls you every day (laughs) at two o'clock yeah and says what have you done for marketing today and you're like actually working on these features and it says no (laughs) don't do that uh yeah i, I don't i don't need chat gpt for this i just <laughs> like whatever i tell it i'm working on it it can tell me to work on marketing instead yeah 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 um let's talk about that so sure i how, how am i currently thinking about this uh, right now i'm like two days away from being able to automatically trim out the fluff from each of these chapters so right now as of this last week, I can automatically transcribe the entire episode with assembly, find the automated chapters, but the chapters are like several minutes long sometimes, and I have a really nice title for the chapter. And there's a lot of fluff, there's a lot of filler words, especially if it's this sort of podcast where it's just people talking. So for that to be a reasonable clip that's going to do reasonably well on social media, I feel like it needs to be tightened up. Hmm. And I don't know if that's true. Uh... But I, I built out this interface where you can highlight stuff in the uh, clip and, and cut it out. And I'm really close to having that flow finished that you, you can cross stuff out and then in the actual rendered clip, it adjusts the transcript and uh, uh, edits the video accordingly. And another trivial thing to do in that vein would be to, to remove filler words because I know, you know there's like 12 filler words so I can just say, okay, automatically remove all those. And... My current plan is to finish doing that and to have a thing where I can, you know, I have a form where I just say, this is the person's email address, this is the the YouTube channel, and that creates an account for them, and then that transcribes their most recent episode, and then says, uh, you know, it, it emails them and says that there's some clips they can download, and then when they click on that, prompts them to create an account if they don't have an account already, or log in, and then they can download the clip, but it's watermarked. And then if they want to remove the watermark, they can uh, pay me money. And I feel like I want to do that. And that's that's all engineering work. That's all just like web development. And I feel like this isn't true. But in my mind, I feel like uh, if I do that, it's going to make marketing trivial. Because now I'm just in this game of collect as many pairs of email addresses and YouTube channels as I can and, and feed them into that system. So you know what I'm going to say. I know exactly <laughs> what you're going to say, Chris. You're going to say so no. I'll say it. Do marketing uh, now. But what, what do one, I do mar- instead? What, what, what one, should I do instead of that? Number one, marketing will never be trivial. Yes. So things may be easier if you have nice flows, right? But I heard a lot of talk about flows and features. Uh, what I didn't hear was you're talking to a person now. What is stopping them from paying you money? Yeah. Then do that. Yeah. So is it is it removing filler words? Because I don't, I don't know yeah. if that's removing what, filler what, words. What are like... Yeah, right, exactly. Is it removing filler words or is it that they can't even upload their videos because of XYZ? Right. Um, yeah, okay. This is exactly what Sarah told me too, that I just need to talk to my customers more. 
Okay. Yep. Okay. That's why you need someone to call you every I single really day. I really do. Like, I, just, like, hey, and talk- I know this shit, right? It's I not know. The, the advice know. doesn't change. <laughs> yep. And it's the like the, the same conversations I, I have with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So right after this, I, w- I would send a message to be like, hey, uh, I mean, basically what's stopping you from paying, but yeah. uh, reward it more nicely. Yeah. 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 And I can follow up with the people who... um sent me youtube channels already and it's going to be a little bit more clunky but i can set up their account also and like run through this manually and it's not going to be trimmed yeah. but like they will be able to render a clip uh from yeah. it and, yeah and probably what's stopping you from paying is either uh and they won't say it this way but it's either i haven't thought about it because i'm super busy yeah or i'm afraid if i pay you money and i'll get bad clips or i'm uh you know afraid that i'll pay you money and then never use it yeah or you know and none of those are feature problems those right. are all like messaging and like yeah, that's not going to be fixed by being problems. able to trim my filler words. Right. And okay. that surely will be a nice thing to have and a good way to build a moat. Right. But I don't think it will get you your first few customers. Right. Okay. I even, I have a customer who's paying me money and I don't think they're making clips right now. And I feel a little nervous about that. And I think the way to address that is to really like, just talk to him, just dig into like, hey, yeah. I'd like, I'd like you to be making clips. What needs to happen for that? Yeah, and I bet you didn't say this, but I bet you're worried that if you talk to them, they'll be like, oh yeah, I don't want to use it. Cancel my yeah. account. <laughs> I bet you're worried about that. Stop saying, I for sure am. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, saying it out loud makes it feel less scary. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, so there is still development work that I can do today, but I think more important work that I do before that is talking to more people. So I can I can reach out to the customers I have and figure out like, what needs to happen for you to be making more clips. I can reach out to the uh, people that I met, uh, like push those conversations forward from social media marketing world and get them. Well, like the thing I'm, the thing I'm after is just, I want, I want you to be publishing clips. If you're not publishing yep. clips, I'm not doing my job. What needs to happen yep. to get you to public clips? Can I yep. publish the clips for you? Can I yep. like give me your login for your social channels and I can do it for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and to be clear, like I think the development work is important. What I'm saying is based on our temperaments, uh, based on your temperament, that, yeah. that will get done anyway at some point. Yes. Like you're going to do that because it's fun. Yes. <laughs> the other stuff is vitally important and you're not going to do that if given the chance. Yes. So you really have to hone in on that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Looping this back into the the AI conversation we were talking about, something that AI really helped me with was it, it was a therapist for me for dealing with my feelings of... um. Fear is not quite quite the right word. Like uh, inadequacy, anxiety. Mm. Yeah, around uh, every time I I found a new competitor, and it mm. I, I put it in this mode of like you're a therapist and uh, you're helping me as a therapist would, and it really helped me think through like what were you know get get back in touch with the original reasons why you started working on this project. And I typed it out. I was like, well, I started working on this because I wanted to make clips of my own podcast, and I've. I, in typing that out, I realized I kind of lost sight of that. Like I haven't been doing that for this podcast, and that would be something that would be exciting for me. That would uh, like really hone. Okay, no matter what else happens, at least I'm making clips for uh, my podcast, and uh, I think that's cool. And yeah. also that I really enjoy playing with interesting technologies. And right now, that looks like having fun with AI stuff. And yeah, I really enjoy that. And I I would enjoy that independent of how many competitors there were and how much money they had in funding. And also as a practice to get better at marketing, because that's something mm. that uh, is a, a weak point for me as a founder. So, yeah, 
talking to people and empathetically listening to what their problem is and working to help them solve it, like independent of what other solutions there are out there, practicing that and getting the reps in for understanding problems and, and the sorts of things that are necessary to solve them, like that would feel good and that would feel like progress independent of whatever competitors were doing. And AI helped me get those realizations. So I thought that was really cool. Thanks, AI. Thanks, AI. ChatGPT, dude. Okay, that's clarifying. Thank you. I'm going to reach out to more people, which uh, Sarah's going to think this is so funny when she hears about this because that's exactly what I told you to do, but you, you yep. needed to hear it from Chris before you actually do it? Yes, I did. Um, cool. We talked about the transcribe feature and exclusions, getting stuff out. Um how much time do we have? We have time for one more little thing. I switched to VS Code. I don't know if it's permanent or temporary, but... Uh, from, from what? From Sublime. The, the uh -huh. same as you, yeah. Uh, partially from a conversation from last week, you were talking about how you didn't know if you could use Copilot uh, in yeah. Sublime, and you could. But then I, I started thinking, like, what are ways that I could be more integrating AI into my life and into my workflow? And it seems like using VS Code, that it's a much tighter integration. So... Yeah. I did. And I have this one plugin that I use for managing checklists in Markdown. It's like a, a necessary thing for me to have in an editor. And I was able to port over most things and you can import all the key bindings from Sublime. And uh, I, I found a, a color theme that hmm. most matches close enough that my brain doesn't break yeah, yeah. when I see the function is subtly the wrong color. <laughs> but but I really need this function of uh, when I hit shift and shift return, I need it to toggle between like plain text and then a, a bullet in a markdown bullet, and then a bullet with uh, an open checkbox, and then a bullet with a closed checkbox, which is the square bracket, and then an X, and then a, a closed bracket. And I had written for myself a plugin to do this in Sublime, and I didn't know how to do it in VS Code. And retrospectively, it would have made a lot more sense for me to just look for existing functions. But I was like, oh, let me, let me see what AI can do. Yeah. So I prompted ChatGPT4 saying, hey, I wrote this plugin for Sublime, how do I turn this into a VS code function? And this is the first experience I've had where like, I didn't write any code. And it was a whole process of like, there were bugs and there were uh, like ambiguities and the buttons I needed to click. And I just, I just really dumbly, like every step of the way, I just copied the error and said, ah, that last thing didn't work. And here's the error I got. And chat GPT four did 85% of it. And it, including wow, yeah. including publishing it, include like I had to write out a readme <laughs> for the the thing, and yeah. I was like, oh, I need a readme to to publish this as a thing, and I was like, oh, sure thing. And based on the the history of the jet, it wrote up the entire readme and said like it used the keyboard shortcut that we had talked about and said what the features were, and then uh, I tried to publish it again, and it said, ah, oh, you need a license, and so then I said, ah, oh, I need a license, so it it wrote out a whole license for me, and so I added the license and, and published that, and then I had a published. So I went from, in, in about two hours, it was nuts. I didn't do a single Google search. I looked up nothing on Stack Overflow. I didn't read a lick of documentation. And I went from, ha like I knew what I needed to do to just by being pushed forward by AI, I, I did it. And it like, it, it was a weird experience. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I could have followed the same method for making an iOS app or, or something. Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about this in the context of the Video Clipper project and it's able to help me write functions, but uh, the project I feel like is too complicated that I, uh, 
it wouldn't really make sense for me to say, you know, starting from, I'd like to implement this feature. I don't think it's quite at the point where I can analyze my whole code base and figure out like, oh, right. well, you need to add this file and, uh, you know, extract these functions and, and rearrange this. But man, for a self-contained thing, like a Chrome extension or like a, a, a text editor extension, it's there. It can it can write those better than I can. That is super cool. Uh, it's also something I want to get better at because I for sure see this coming. Um, I also think the tools are going to be changing very quickly, mm -hmm. like very soon. I'm sure there will be a GPT-4 enabled plugin. They just announced plugins um, that will connect to VS Code and read all of your code and be able to do things. Um, so it's like changing super fast also. Yeah. Copilot X, I think, is that thing. Yeah. I'm signed up oh, for the, the beta yeah. list, but yeah, I can just look at your entire circuit. Yeah, it's it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a million thoughts, but like it's coming that yeah it's coming yeah yeah spooky <laughs> <laughs> i i mean like i feel like this is like yeah the birth of the internet or the birth of mobile phones like this is this is that but faster um so yeah it, it'll it will change our way in a bunch of uh, ways or change our world in a bunch of ways um it will also we sort of talked about this but it will also probably not change fundamental things that quickly i think mm. like yes mobile phones changed every aspect of how i operate but also like my life is sort of like the same mm -hmm. you know um i don't know it'll be interesting 10 years from now yeah, yeah you still eat food and you still hang out with people yeah. and you still are anxious about the future and uh right yeah like we're, we're still gonna be humans yeah. <laughs> i've been reading a lot more i i, I queued up several different sci-fi novels uh ian M. banks uh the culture series mm. talking about what life might look like in this post scarcity post singularity world there's a few other books I, I have read about this recently like the bobaverse series i think is in the same sort of context and there's this really awful book called the the metamorphosis of prime intellect it's awful in the later chapters but it's mm. really really interesting in the beginning chapters of how this ai starts snowballing and improving itself and, and becoming sentient and then in the later I, chapters it like the the stuff humans do to to stay uh engaged and interested in this post-scarcity world is kind of horrifying yeah <laughs> they have really graphic descriptions of it uh but the, the I, beginning I, I just, is interesting i just i just had a thought which i think embodies all this which is uh you're reading these novels why don't you just have ai uh you know summarize them for you and then i was like that defeats the entire purpose of the novel and it's like ah well okay so there are still things that have purpose even though they don't make any sense in a post-ai world yeah okay yeah yeah i'm still i'm still having a conscious experience right like right ai is never gonna <laughs> <You're> still alive <laughs> yeah if ChatGPT told me like how i'm gonna die and, and what's gonna be written on my gravestone i'd be like okay i still wanna i still wanna like play that out Live i still it. wanna, right. still wanna yeah. watch the movie yeah 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 huh all right oh i had one more thing i wanted to say which is uh you're doing cool things like making new floors i went to ikea with sarah and we uh got a bunch of chairs and we got a dresser and i had a lot of fun putting this together excellent i uh some people hate ikea i like ikea it's i fun. love ikea we, we we walked in went to the second level and uh sat down in one of the rooms and i noticed like i just feel so good it's mm. there's something about the space that just the colors work and there's minimal tasteful things on the walls and there's like comfortable places to sit and yeah it's and i started trying to dissect like why do i feel so good in here it's what do I need to buy to, to feel like this in, in my own house? Let me let me suggest you feel good because you don't have any of your normal crap. 
Probably. Um, I think a, I think a big yeah. piece of it is there's no clutter. There's nothing there that yep. needs to be picked up. There's nothing there's nothing yep. unintentional. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually like you don't need to buy anything. You, you probably get rid, need of, get rid of half your stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. Cool. Uh Chris, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye.